You are listening to OK Now Listen, a bi-weekly show where we chat about what's on our minds, what we're binging, and what's blowing up our timelines. I'm Scotty Beam, a media personality, content creator, music enthusiast, and wing connoisseur. And I'm Sylvia Bell. I'm a culture writer, host, producer, and lover of Beyonce. And Sylvia, this is our last podcast of 2020. We made it, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cause let me tell you something. I was name. real jealous of everybody last week who was like, done with work, clocked out, yay. And I was like, <laughs> I just want the podcast listeners Everybody to was celebrating we last week. I was like, please, I see what you've done for others. Well, Please. there's still a week left, but yes, we've made it so far. We have made it so far. We are, tw- a year like 2020 makes me count every day, every hour before I say, <laughs> before I jinx a thing, no. okay? You're right. A lot can happen in a week. One week in March, I was out in the world maskless, and the next turned into nine months of me never seeing another m- person's mouth, which I'm not mad at because <laughs> I'm not good with mouths. I can do without the mouth. Also... It got, you know, some people had a moment of feel, realizing that their breath is like really bad. And I'm just happy that we don't <laughs> have to be a witness anymore. Right. Like it's not here. The, you can smell your own breath. You know what we're dealing with out here. So hopefully people started to brush more. People have started to <laughs> altoid <Brush> it more because <laughs> I'm tired, sis and brother. Whoever I'm talking to, you know who you are. Please. It don't cost nothing. It don't cost nothing. You can smell your own breath in the mask. And I do think that that is a silver lining that we should appreciate. I love the optimist, Scotty. Always thinking of the bright side. You know? (laughs) Just got to think of something. Anyway, yes. Thankful. Thankful for that. Thankful to learn how to tell if somebody's cute from the cheekbones up. That's a new talent Mm. I have acquired as well in this quarantine. Um. 2020 came at us fast, and while we've experienced possibly some of our lowest moments this year, there were some highs scattered throughout the year, too. Yes, and that's what I wanted to spend the last episode of 2020 talking with you about, joy, because you know I love me some joy. Everybody say joy, 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 to, to the world, world. say joy, because the world is come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out to Whitney Houston. Zippy! Jersey's own. You wasn't going to get a podcast with two girls from Jersey and not hear a Houston track. You thought? You thought. But anyway, yes, let's do it. 2020 might have done its damnedest to break the spirits of people, especially black people. And we're not here to pretend that a lot of pain didn't happen this year, but it's been the mission of this podcast from the very beginning to make room for joy because... If anyone is deserving of joy, it's all of us. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm so glad I get to spend this last episode of 2020 talking with you about all of the things that made us smile. Because to your point, it has been a trash year. We're all experiencing the holidays in a new way. I'm not going home for Christmas for the first time in my entire life because my doctor legitimately said, sit your ass down in LA and don't you move your asthmatic behind on their plane with these numbers. And while I am thankful that, you know, for that time of protection, it's sad. It's sad. So I, I'm thankful for this moment to get to focus on some joyful things because like all the lot of people who aren't going home for the holidays and things like that, I can relate. Right. Including me. I Including me. I'm 30 minutes away from my mom, but I cannot see her and I cannot go to Christmas this year. So I'll be spending it by myself this year. But 
I am very grateful for, you know, all the times I have been able to see my mother and my family and yeah. also, you know, doing a podcast with you and all the joy that we've experienced this year. So you already know where we have to start, Sylvia. I do. Versus. Versus, versus, versus. Absolutely. Because Swiss Beats and Timberland, let me, I just want to thank brothers. I know you probably don't listen to this podcast, but I would just like to put it out there to thank y'all for this gift that literally was the gift that kept on giving all 2020 with these battles. Because honestly, in this quarantine, it's really been, it was, especially in the beginning, it was really hard to find entertainment. And just watching those live streams on IG Live, even how it started in the beginning, brought so much joy to my little dark <laughs> bedroom in New York at the time. Verses may have been like my favorite way to connect with people during the quarantine. Yes. Music is truly a love language for me personally. It's how many of us connect to each other. So you know, going and watching these and being able to talk to you guys about stuff. Cause shit, we was running out of shit to talk about. We were. Like, as friends, like, bitch, I did, I did nothing today. What did you do? It's nothing. Like, okay. You do nothing. So we had to I talk met about nobody. Other There's no you guys. I am locked in the right. house. <laughs> nobody what do you want? What do you no want one is me? doing anything trifling anymore. They're in the house. So what so the fuck boring. are we going to talk about? <laughs> Thank right. you, Swiss and Tim, for getting your card at this, for doing this battle. And then, like, I think in the South, was such a focus of this year too for like just coping mechanisms and this was a fun mm -hmm. way to relive things from the past so mm -hmm. let's start out with our superlative for the most spiritual verses and that is going to none other than erica by doing oh damn you're supposed to do the drum oh, roll okay so sorry okay and that goes to erica badu and jill scott for bringing us the vibes, the auras, clearing our cheese. Honestly, whatever else, crystals were re-cleansed. All of those things during that versus battle because the sisterhood was there, the love was there, the vibes were there. Jill Scott's seductive voice was there. Erica Badu's seductive green eyes were there. We were all hypnotized and it was the best. I really, truly like, after that, I was full for a whole like three days and then it went back to regular but <laughs> just three i needed it. <laughs> just three 72 but it was hours three i needed i needed hours. The, i needed it i needed it i i was so happy i was glowing i was i was so happy we're taking it with us in the bunker both of them if need be so this was really for us the aunties forever the, coming up in the world so i loved it but yes okay what's our next superlative what what's the next one we're giving the next one is the game changer. Mm, mm -hmm. And that is <laughs> Gladys <laughs> Knight versus Gladys Knight versus Patty LaBelle. <laughs> Our fairy godmothers. Oh my gosh. Yes, that was absolutely. like the biggest hug from any grandmother. Oh, it was butterscotch. It's the last peppermint in her purse at church. Like it made me feel <laughs> like you original. were giving me that gift. Right. <laughs> She was giving me that last peppermint. No matter how long, I don't even know how long that peppermint been there in that purse, <laughs> but it was for me. And I it ate was. it because that church service was never going to end. It was yes. never going to end and our sugar it's was never low. Going to end. <laughs> <laughs> our sugar was low and grandma came with it. But it was the game changer, especially because I think that at this point we knew that like Swiss and Tim were able to get big stars. 
But like, we didn't know that they were gonna get legend, legend, legends. Like not like legends of our era, but the legends who were been famous and been legends when Swiss and Tim weren't even legends yet. And that's like, to me, what Patty and Gladys did. It opened the spectrum of who was possible to do these versus battles. And I remember after that, I remember you even, Scotty, you loved it so much. You were like, I don't even want new people to do it no more. I just want nothing but this. Like, I you were like, I just want. Of- <laughs> because there is power in rediscovering music. Mm, like, mm. hearing those old songs and also people discovering music. Because I know, I'm sure a lot of people didn't, you know, didn't know on my own. You know, yeah, so when they're sadly. looking up songs and then it shows you how timeless this shit is. Yeah. Like, those problems Gladys was going through. Sis, mm. were, you going evergreen. through them right now? Evergreen. evergreen. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm glad that they played along. Like, they didn't have to do that for us. They were like, let's give the kids something. Like, I'm really just thankful for their graciousness, and it was truly a game changer. So I hope that the Isley brothers will follow suit because <laughs> that, that's, that's <laughs> the one that I really great. would love <laughs> to join in. <laughs> I can think of a few oh, old guys that I'm like, please follow suit. Let's get Steve Harvey in the mix of Tom Joyner, somebody. Get these people in line because I would love to see it. But yes. Okay, what's the next one, Sylvia? Funniest Aftermath goes to <laughs> Babyface versus Teddy Riley. Let me tell you something. Because Baby, <sighs> honey, 2020 never had a funnier set of days <laughs> on the internet. Then when them Teddy Riley memes started circulating, when I tell you, I laughed for oh weeks. I you could drop one now and I'll still die. like the the effort. People were re like people got dressed up as t- Teddy to reenact oh, what happened. Like all of the spoofs, all of the jokes. All of the video, like I, then the then the audio wasn't going. Then there was no tech run. It and Babyface having no time for that <laughs> shit. Not one minute extra. <laughs> he ain't have no patience for none. none of this shit. And I loved it so much. How calm he was. He wasn't coming back on that live. Absolutely not. <laughs> when Teddy, he was like, he said, Teddy, I rescheduled this about three times. This was our fourth attempt. I got through <laughs> most of my songs. I won. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Clearly. I won. So what more is there for us to talk about just because we didn't get to song 19 and 20? Like, they know the catalog. They can find the two last songs. But boy, if Teddy Riley is not the chaotic uncle that we all know and love, he... That man dancing in the background. I'll never forget him. (laughs) Shout out to you. You the true MVP. Because that shit... (laughs) The hype Had man me. of all Undone. time. When th- that meme where Teddy turns around to look at the man, <laughs> the empty room behind him, <laughs> it's the <laughs> my favorite meme, top three meme of 2020. Yeah. But yes, yeah, speaking of chaotic uncles and just crazy black men who mm. made us laugh during verses, Scotty, the next superlative, please. <laughs> the most chaotic verses mm. is. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody should know it by now. <laughs> Gucci Mane versus Jeezy. Let me tell you how my blood pressure was sky high. Sky high. You want to talk I about knew, knowing stress? I knew there was going to be chaos, but I had no idea what level. I screamed. I'm pretty sure my neighbors were like, what the fuck is happening? Because for Gucci Mane to go on there, if you did not know, Jeezy and Gucci Mane have had beef a torrid and history 
Gucci <laughs> Man obviously was like, no, we have beef. We, it's not had. We still ain't have no beef. It's still here. Ain't nothing It's very present, per, very active. I just said yes so I could troll in person. <laughs> you thought my acceptance of this invitation meant that I was cool mm-hmm. with shit. I'm not cool with the shits at all, actually. Absolutely not. <laughs> and I'm going to show you how not cool I am with it while doing all the diss records I've done about you. Enjoy. It was the greatest shit I've ever seen, too, by the way. I had a great time. I was literally standing on my couch with a bottle of cognac. Like, like I was in the bottle section, like, killing mm-hmm. it. But you also saw, like, the songs were there and it took us back. But you also saw Gucci and Jeezy on, them, on that stage with about 30 niggas each on either side of them, ready to fight. Gucci was ready, and then Jeezy's DJ... Just Jesus. kept also trying to keep the energy. And I was kept telling y'all, I was like, I was y'all like, need to walk that man to the car because he ain't going to make it out, child. He was, he was really He was into the game, and I was very Absolutely concerned. I, and we all remember the moment we all stopped reading. There was a collective five minutes in there where we all thought that it was it. Like, that whole joke about, you want to see a dead body? Like, I really thought something was going to... Like, I was like, I do not want to see violence if something happens, oh, please no, cut the yeah. cameras. Mm-mm. I really was concerned, but the real, that's why the MVP of the Jeezy and Gucci Man versus is Jeezy's therapist because it could have mm-hmm. been chaos. Gucci came there choosing violence. Jeezy said, I'm going to pick peace and I'm going to be, I'm going to listen to the speech and I'm going to return it with some of the, the additive and the affirmations that. My therapist told me he he invoked the name of every rapper that had been slain over beef and hip hop to calm Gucci down and be like, let's not. Let's use this as an example to make peace. And if you would have told me that an Instagram battle would have been what ultimately made Gucci and Jeezy come to a peaceful reconciliation by the end. I would never believe you. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, I'll still be on Gucci's side anytime. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I feel what I said. He needed to get that shit off his chest. I hear he you, He got it boy. off his chest. I'm glad Go he was ahead. able to heal himself before his child arrives. You know, now he can be a father in peace. Have that right, off his chest. Right. He just had you know, to get that just off. Lighter, just lighter. Just a little bit lighter. So we're proud you know, of y'all them. walking around like you ain't hurt me. Nigga, you hurt me. Okay. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I hurt. He was hurt. He I healed. And I'm thankful. I really just knew there was going to be a report from Atlanta that night. And nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And shout out to God and Jesus Therapist. Shout out to Stacey Abrams, too. She was and there. Stacey Abrams for kicking it off via <laughs> video, though. Because she was like, first of all, I catch a Kelvin for nobody. Second of all, I'm going to do what needs to be done to get these runoffs together Hello? in Georgia. But okay. Now. Okay. For me, the next superlative I would like to hand out is very true and to the core of me is what I'll say because it was absolutely my most core anticipated versus it was as if God said you know what Sylvia could use right now this (laughs) and gave me Brandy versus Monica if you was Mm, a girl mm, mm. from the not a black girl in the 90s this Mm, one mm, mm. this one was for us this was our GZ mm. and Gucci Man beef come together and minus a lot of the guns. <laughs> it was ours. And well, I shit, not, not Gunica. 
I was, sure I was about to say, well, maybe guns. not Guna could came with the came with minus, the strap. I didn't say I didn't say no guns could at all. But I just said minus a few. But no, yes. I don't um, know. She might have more than both of them might. put together. But God bless. <laughs> Brandy and Monica came together and and just made my entire life as an R and B head. Those were the girls like. Brandy and Monica defined my adolescence. Like, they defined my girlhood. Never Say Never is one of my life-defining albums of all time. Brandy, do you see his braids? This is <laughs> Brandy. Brandy is the reason. I had braids all through middle school and high school because of Brandy. Like, you couldn't tell me. I watched, you know, Moesha, every episode, every album, every Cinderella, every movie every everything brandy has done i have stood behind and i loved monica too and the boy is mine was a moment that was probably my first time realizing contention of faves and be like oh my god i don't know if i can pick a side so to see them come together for this not gonna lie i was team brandy was if i had to pick i love monica and her music dearly but brandy is the vocal bible for a reason Thank you. And every other singer will tell you she's your singer's same. favorite singer, and that's so. the, and that's just the case. I love Monica's personality probably even more, if we're being yes, honest. But <laughs> but Brandy's voice is Brandy's voice, and there's no way around it. So I got my entire life during that versus. Mm-hmm. It was and it, and it lived up to the hype for me, and I I'll never be the same. It was a life changing moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I had a great time. That was that was beautiful. I took some time and I said, wow, this, let me tell you something, this girl. This Shout out to Dark Child too while we're at it. Because baby, oh man. Jesus. Rodney Jesus, Jerkins, Jesus. y'all did that. Yeah, so <laughs> that was fun. That was a fun mm. time. That was a fun night for all, like, my black girls. The group chats was ringing off. Like, it was, it was great. They really, it was great. I loved it. Mm. Had a good time. Okay, what's the next one? Time. I could talk about that forever. I'm going to stop myself. So the next one is for us. Mm. What was the verses that that you held close to your heart? It may not be popular. It was right. your unpopular favorite. Yes. Which one was that, Sylvia? You tell me. My um, underdog pick or whatever else you want to call it is definitely Neo and Jonta Austin. Because at that point, Neo was probably like the first singer to like, but it was because of his songwriting, producing background that they lined him up with Janta. I loved it because of the way Versus started with Tim and Swiss, who are obviously producers. Producers. It was very yeah. much us discovering what producers' catalogs were. Like, you know, the artists. Like, when Brandy and Monica were coming on, I knew who sang what. I was ready to do the odds, all of that. But what I loved about the Neo and Janta uh, Versus is that it really made me discover how Janta had written. So many of my favorite R&B songs. Yes. I remember when Neo played Irreplaceable, it was like the t- like the last three rounds. And Neo was like, God, I'm about to hit this with this Beyonce. And then Jonta was like, cool, heard you, be without you, Mary J. Blige. And I said, oh, shit, okay. And then I forget what Neo did. He tried to hit us with another big one. And Jonta was like, oh, heard you, we belong together, Mariah Carey. Nigga, you wrote We Belong Together? by Mariah the Carrie. And as a Beyonce stan, I ain't gonna pretend like them songs is better, not better, than irreplaceable. So for me, I just loved, I remember the internet after that day, we were all like, yo, all hail John to Austin. Like, 
I just love being able to give background people their flowers because they are so much and responsible for the catalog as much as we are. And I love that one because it was part of, it was like the last of that discovery era of verses where it was like, oh my God, I didn't know, I didn't know. And I was learning. Mm -hmm. I love a love song. And those are the two of the love song pens, greatest pens of love songs of our era. So yes, Scotty, what was your underdog pick fave? Oh boy. So... RZA versus DJ Primo was Ooh. my absolute favorite because, oh, God. Well, I got a secret for y'all. I don't know if y'all know. I don't know. <laughs> but there was an era in my life when I stopped listening to R&B. Like, mm. I stopped listening to it. I wasn't a big R&B fan. I think it was like the end of my teens and the top of my 20s. Mm. I was a boom bat bitch. Peak like, angst. I'm t- Peak Like, angst. straight... <laughs> Teenage. I was boom bap <laughs> till I die. Like I was in there, and you know I was a. Uh, I always have this love affair with hip hop. Like me and hip hop, we love each other. I know it sounds really brown sugary. Come but on, Sanal. Come on, Sid Shaw. No. <laughs> Tell us more. When did you but, fall um, in love with hip hop? <laughs> it's like, you know, DJ Primo and RZA played a heavy role in my love affair with hip hop. A lot of their songs for me put me on to jazz artists actually and soul records that I probably never would have looked up if it hadn't been for these producers. So, you know, they've happened to expand my knowledge for music because of hip hop and because of RZA and because of DJ Primo. I am super grateful, you know, to know so many artists because they use them in their songs. So, um, so many old artists that may have been forgotten or unsung. Yeah, and I put yeah, them, yeah. you know, I, I love to research them because they definitely need their story told too. So that's what producers do. They tell their story, you know? And I just, mm-hmm. I love that about, you know, the verses. That verses for me made me want to rob a nigga and also make love to one. So I love that. <laughs> the duality. I love that so much. Uh, so I, I'm so happy that we got through our highlights. Obviously, the biggest disappointment goes to Keisha and Ashanti for not giving us what I was ready for. And <laughs> just going to throw that one in there. Hopefully, we get that in 2021 because that was going to be the next level beyond um, Brandy and Monica. Like I, I was, was going to be so ignorant with my singing. It was about to go down. <laughs> Keisha and Ashanti make you believe that you too can sing. And I love they that do. And about it's a their lie. music. It's a lie. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, lie. It's a lie. But they do. But they I do. Have to. Um, so that's definitely the one I'm looking forward to the most. Next, um, thank you, Tim again, Timberland and Swiss for giving us verses. It really, when I say it was the core to what brought me joy, it's definitely like if I was to make a pie chart, verses would be a mm-hmm. huge chunk of that. And mm-hmm. I cannot imagine this year without it. And I'm so excited to see how it continues to grow. But let's move on to our next category. Next, I want us to chat about movies and TV. This was really the best time to stay in the house and watch TV all damn day. And I did a lot of that because what else was there to do? (laughs) What else was there? What else did I? What other options did I I have? I did a lot of that. I did a lot of that. Um, (laughs) I did a lot of that. Because sometimes, and I'm a reader, but like this year was so chaotic that sometimes it was even hard, too hard to focus for me to even read. And I just needed something that just made me not have to think, escape, all of that. And TV and movies was that. I watched 
so much TV this year that I bought another TV for, for my room, for my bedroom, because it used to you be didn't have come one? out in the living room. No, I came out in the living room to watch my TV, but now I want it 24 hours <laughs> while I sleep. So I need one in my room. And so I got one for my room so I could binge in my room too. And when you're living with a person during this quarantine time, I don't want to mm. watch the same things you want to watch every time. Like, yeah, I'm going to have to watch point. it. I feel like a lot of couples invested in a second TV if they hadn't already. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so. Because those walks around Whole Foods, when those don't do enough, and you need more time. <laughs> we have not forgotten, Scotty. We have not forgotten about your walks around Whole Foods. Walks. At the beginning Whole Foods literally across the street. <laughs> Nigga, I have been taking hours to get to Whole <laughs> To Foods. go to groceries. <laughs> Hello? But yes, no, I definitely think like, in our friendship, I would say that like I am very TV heavy. Scotty is very music heavy. We both enjoy the other thing a lot. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I will say, even as your friend, I don't think I've ever seen or watched you talk about as much TV as you have in movies this year. Like this was really that year for you. Right. I'm a creature of habit. I'm good with like one show to watch when I go to sleep. And that's pretty much it. Anything else I'll watch because you say watch it or, I'll, you know, if I have time or whatever. But I'm really not a big TV head. But this year, solidified. I am that TV bitch. I am the TV bitch that you've been asking for because I watch everything now. Right. Let's start with our TV list since we're talking about TV so much. Let's oh, great. Perfect. Okay. So starting with the craziest thing we saw this year. Mm. Go ahead and tell them. It was the crazy <laughs> thing everybody saw this year. <laughs> it's outrageous because white people and audacity is nuts. Tiger King. Woo! Tiger, Tiger King. Shout out to Tiger King. King. I can't even believe that happened this year. Tiger King is one of those things where I'm like, was that this year? <laughs> like, was it? Was that this year? Because it was that chaotic. It just, it, you wanted to forget it, but you couldn't. It's insane. It's the 2020 is the only year that would make Tiger King not look like the craziest thing that happened this year. Like to make us be like, wow, that was this year. Because Tiger King was like, if if 2020 was a TV show, it would be Tiger King. Like in level of just what the fuck? Like in that level of what the fuck? Because Tiger King, let me tell you something. I came to Tiger King late in the game. I just kept seeing people tweet about it. And I'm like, what is with people in this show? I'm not really a big animal person. Like, I don't really like the zoo. Like, I don't really, like, watch documentaries about animals. But everybody kept tweeting about this Netflix documentary, Tiger King. So I was like, let me look at it. This thing come out the gate with this crazy white man and his mullet in Florida. Just off the bat, those are three things I'm usually taught to avoid white men and mullets from Florida. Like, that just off the bat as a black person, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> so we're just coming in coming in hot. But then also, like, it starts out with one of their employees getting her arm bit off or her leg bit off or something and then going back to work. Like, that's like episode one and two or something crazy like that. And I'm just like, wait, what's happening? And then mm-hmm. when you think that, like, it can't get crazier than watching people dedicate their lives to losing limbs to animals, they bring in this, like, then it turns into like this guy who's like this kingpin who like has all these exotic things like in Miami or I forget where he lives. And it's like this crazy story about like this big guy, like mob like esque person in the animal kingdom. And then when you think it can't take another crazy pivot, enter Carol Baskin. And it's like, what did she do? Where is her husband? Did she kill him? Is he in the backyard under the tiger cage? Like, I didn't know. It just pivoted 
so much. It was a crime. It, it was an unsolved cr- true crime story. <laughs> it was animals. It it embodied the Black Bible verse. Uh, probably <laughs> I don't I don't know what book it's in, but it's in there where it says white people crazy. And I know, like, we say that all the time. When we look at each other and we see some wild shit, we say, white people crazy. White people crazy. And are you, are you just saying, <laughs> yep, he was. And you know that he was white. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's It's like, and yes, before you ask, is. yes, yes, he before was. Before you ask, yes, yes he yes, is. he was, he is. So I, I wasn't shocked at all because I knew that's what we were dealing with when we click on it. I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to. <laughs> But because I chose violence that day, I said yes. We chose I decided, chaos. We- I, I chose chaos where I was just like, yeah, sure. I'll watch it. And I couldn't stop watching it because it was that unbelievable. It was literally like watching a car crash. But like you can't stop because you're like, then this it's like, happened. wow, white people get to get away with everything. And although everything. like. I know I don't want to make this a black thing. I don't want to make it too, you know, here my go, my black fist. But I'm saying like, while I'm watching this, I'm like, this nigga gets to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. It does not matter. They're doing this shit illegally. The cops just keep coming back. And like, he just keeps living to tell the tale. And he just keeps breaking the law. Carol literally is living her best feline life. You hear me? (laughs) While her husband is under that cage and not one of y'all is going <laughs> to dig him up. Y'all don't care. Y'all don't care. Y'all don't care. And that's what I'm saying. I think at a certain point, 2020 got so crazy that I couldn't have 2020 and Tiger King in my brain at the same time. It was just too much. It's too much. And full circle is it making its way into Meg Thee Stallion's album. Because when she said oh, the Harlem chicks are scary cats, I called them Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. <laughs> I will never get over that line. I said, Meg, what did you say? Meg said, I too have not forgot about Tiger King. (laughs) 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 I'm still thinking about that shit. But okay, what's the other doc that we said, like that you think was a highlight of this year? So this is the best walk down memory lane. Back Mm. down memory lane. And that is The Last Dance. Listen to me, child. Sylvia was even watching it, and she don't even like basketball like that. I know. That's I how do I like knew. It. <laughs> it was about Michael Jordan, child. And when I saw Sylvia watching that damn documentary, I said, wow, they have done the unthinkable. And that is Sylvia watching a sports documentary. Shut up. You're not going to sit here and act like you would watch that. <laughs> you wanted to watch this Any other time. This is funny. Because literally, the wildest thing an ex said to me this year was, I see you're still pretending to like basketball. And that refrain <laughs> stayed in my mind. And I haven't been able to get over that kind of shade. And then for you to attack me in the same manner, it really just felt like a I double like. I think you do like basketball, just not enough to watch a documentary <laughs> on it. That's all I'm saying. So like you can enjoy watching yes, it. Because I don't, what I don't do and what I don't pretend to do was football. Basketball? I, I was like I used to be like I was in the game. Like I like it's a shorter game. Like I can understand it better. Like I was a Heat fan. I was a Wade fan. I say was because he's retired now and all of those things. But like <laughs> I, <laughs> I literally. But you know what? The last dance did for me because the last dance took me to this back to 
the the few years of time where I actually had a father in the household. <laughs> me and you both, sis. Me and you both. <laughs> so we got to really walk down rare, memory lane on that one. It was a real walk down memory lane because I was like, ah, oh, yes, an era where there was a man in the house watching <laughs> basketball regularly. I do remember. These things. I remember these things because it was before my father left. <laughs> right. This wasn't self-taught. I actually learned this actually from my father. I remember watching these games with my dad because he took over mm-hmm. the TV and I couldn't watch my cartoons. Mm-hmm. And so this is what we were watching. Um, but no, the last dance was great. It was It was just, it was also, and, and I think as just a journalist, it was good storytelling. And I think when you mm-hmm. have really good storytelling, a lot of times regardless of the topic, it will hit you. But yes, it even got yes, it even got me to watch it to Scotty's yes. point. Right. Um I was very here for the the memory lane of Michael Jordan and just how cocky and wild he was and probably not even a great teammate. Honestly, at the end of the day, yep. I was happy to be reminded about Dennis Rodman's era and honestly how much <laughs> he did for the expansion of the spectrum of what is feminine and what is not, like Dennis Rodman was doing things that we're doing now, just the, the men are just now being time, able to do acceptably. He had been doing that stuff. He was definitely a pioneer. Absolutely. Scotty Pippen acted up so much that I kept thinking Scotty had done something every time he was trending on Twitter. I said, Why is Scotty trending on Twitter? Oh and my I God. remember always oh, One Scottie time Pippen. my mom called me and was like, What happened? I said, Mom, there are more than one Scotties in the world. It's literally them talking about Scotty Pippen. It's nothing to do with me. That's crazy. That's crazy. crazy. But I think I love that it told the story of what was happening back then because I don't think a lot of people hear Michael Jordan talk about the past like that and also his teammates uh, talk about him as a uh, basketball player uh, and as a human being. You know, a lot of us get stuck with this whole, like, he's, you know, he's a great basketball player, but what kind of person is he? And I think we were all learning about him as a person and also <laughs> Dennis Rodman as a person, Scottie Pippen as a person. So I loved watching that. I also loved the motherfucking fashions. You hear me? I still want that warm-up suit, that Bulls 90s warm-up suit. <sighs> Can I have I, it? The Jordans. <laughs> I was losing the it. Jordans. I was losing it in the panties. Of, I was losing it. And I in the panties. <laughs> In the panties, I was losing. I it. also love that they shouted out that Michael Jordan's black mother is why Jordans exist to this day. And mm-hmm. please mm-hmm. stop shutting black women out of the sneaker movement. <laughs> Literally, we're responsible Child, for you it. You don't want me to start going <laughs> in on that. I know. So I'm just going to make that caveat quickly because it was necessary. But speaking of the last dance, another reason why it was such a, a moment for us this year, I think mm-hmm. is because it was really balanced out with the next show we're going to talk about, which is Insecure. Them niggas was coming on. Them shows was coming on at the same time. Broke up a lot of homes. Broke up a lot of homes. <laughs> Broke up a lot I said, of why homes. why did the last dance have to do back-to-back episodes each week? Like, couldn't it just Speaking be from one? experience, <laughs> let me tell you something. The fights in the house probably were, it was monumental. It was crazy. There was no way. You know, I, I don't know how HBO and I don't know why they decided to say, you choose because we want you. <laughs> <laughs> you already know emotions like, are high locked, in the these house. These couples are locked in the house together as it is. Why, Why break up a happy home in this manner? Who said let's just make let them let them choose, let them fight? They chose. And that violence. was why I decided to get the TV, a second TV, <laughs> and that's why. Now we are 
That's the truth, guys. That's, That's the nuts. truth. We found the, the last dance of Insecure are responsible. Issa and Michael Jordan, respectfully, you guys did this to us. And um, we yes. haven't forgotten. That was definitely a highlight. No. It also Just by like a lot my, of- what Michael Jordan says, I took that personally. <laughs> we took that personally. And we all took that very personally. But yes, to get to the next the next show we are going Go to ahead, discuss, so, Insecure yeah. Season 4 gets the superlative for most likely to get you in your feelings because baby every season of insecure is like that but season four was without a doubt the best season of insecure i'm not just saying that because i had nothing else to do while it was airing it really was the best of that show my favorite episode of tv without a doubt this year is the low-key happy episode um it was the vignette episode with Ethan lawrence coming together and having that just very mature discussion i have never seen a breakup that included infidelity talked about in such a mature way as i had it with them at that dinner and I just love that it turned into like this date with this romantic ending. And Natasha Rothwell, who plays Kelly on the show, wrote the shit out of that episode. It is hands down my favorite piece of TV this year. I love that episode. I think it gave me goosebumps to see that story being told, which is not a grandiose, like a huge ass story. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. but it's just black stories, it's relationship stories, it's, it's a person simple, story. But it's, it's simple. I love that. I can relate to that. Yes. What was your favorite episode of TV this year? <sighs> My favorite episode of TV this year was Lovecraft Country, episode seven. I am talking about and being Hippolyta. Let me tell mm. y'all something. <sighs> tell us. Hippolyta was all the things that I've imagined for myself that I wanted to be as a kid and an adult that I've never gotten to see anyone else do and because mm. of that i decided that i couldn't do those things mm. the quote is a world where i can name myself anything that sentence alone that world does not exist for many people especially black girls black girls don't get the luxury of defining who they are before somebody else defines it for them. They don't give them room or space to actually ask them, how do you want to be defined? What do you want to be called? What, you know, who do you see yourself as? You know, you're already put into a box and given a label. And I hate that. And so when Hippolyta went and she was anything she wanted to be and she was all these different things, I truly saw myself, I teared up, I cried, of course, because, you know, for a black woman in that image, it's profound, it's super strong, you know, uh, to have the imagination even, you know, to wonder what can you be if you decided to put aside the definitions of yourself from others? What can you be? What are the possibilities, you know? And so, you know, as a young age, she was robbed of naming herself and defining herself um, because the world already did that for her. And that includes being a wife. That includes being a mother. You know, right. you are more than those things. You're not just those two things. You're not just, you know, those labels that people give you. And although you can take as many as them as you want, what she said, what she questioned was, how could I fit in everything that I am now into that place. And it's because 
we don't make that space for each other and we don't make that space for ourselves. But it's a luxury for people like me, black women right. like me. So I really escaped watching that episode. I watched that episode probably about three times now, probably four times. But it was it hit me in different places. You know, hit me as a young girl, hit me as a young teenager, it hit me as a, you know, it, it just peeled back all these layers of who I am now and how I've reached black womanhood. That's beautiful. I love that. And before we wrap up this TV section, I do want to shout out one last show, which for me is P-Valley. Because down in the valley where the girls, where the get, girls naked. get naked. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Besides, aside from being one of my favorite theme songs this year, I... I want to give it the superlative of best new point of view, like best new representation on television, because I feel like I'm so glad that there's a show treating strippers and, you know, even if they delve into sex workers as actual characters and not background characters, like they have control of their narrative. This is from their perspective. They're not just ornaments or like just cute things in the background, like I'm really happy that they're getting that and not even like the glamorized stripper life, like strip clubs or strippers we know in like Atlanta or like, you know, like the big cities. Like this is like in the Mississippi Delta low key, Mm -hmm. like a part of the South Mm -hmm. that never really doesn't get highlighted enough. I feel like we only ever get shows about glitzy areas of the South. And I just love that it's like very much speaking into a very important culture and giving that culture representation and giving those women a voice. Um, And I'm just so happy that P-Valley exists and I'm excited to see where it goes. It also shows how, what I've been saying for a very long time, how strippers are the A&Rs of this music shit. Y'all can say what y'all want. Yes, it shows that. Yes. how these strippers are truly picking the songs for the culture. I can care less what you have to say, but the reason why you dance so hard in the clubs to certain songs is because they worked <laughs> out at a strip club first. So, that's true. You, you know, and 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 a lot of these dancers have say over the music that is played and that they want to be played. Um yeah. and also I do how like they that, dance that, to that. them. Right, and how they dance to them when the song is playing. You yeah. know, it's become there are staple songs. There's some songs that some dancers have that are staple songs that people have to hear in order for her to get on stage because they want her to do whatever routine they love so much. And because I went to school in Atlanta, I, I really do, I value. Like, that is that is something. It's a, it's a skill, man. Yeah. They create the culture in a lot of ways. It does. And they're the reason for a lot. It is just... Um very layered and I think it's really original and I'm glad that it's on TV. So yeah, shout out to P-Valley. I'm happy. And now we have to talk about some movies that came out. Now, although like, there weren't a lot of movies that came out, right, Sylvia? I'm not bugging because when I think about movies, I don't think about many. I think the thing, like 2020, and I think we knew this instantly, the biggest, like one of the biggest industries like that COVID was going to impact was the movie industry because you can't go to theaters you like and you shut down movie theaters because we all can't sit together in a room that close to each other to watch a film and that really impacts a lot of where a lot of big movies were going to go and thankfully for we had services like Netflix streaming services like Netflix who were able to house and take in a lot of the movies that weren't going to air this year otherwise but it definitely limited the amount of movies we, we were able to see this year and I think 
that plays a big part as to why TV dominated so heavily because we were home and our TVs in our home and movies mm-hmm. had to find a way to come back in our homes. And, you know, thankfully those streaming institutions are in place to help that happen. I um, do think that there were a few standouts, obviously, like a couple. I, I think a lot of us rewatched a lot of old movies for that reason, too. Like, I think that when I think about the movies I watched this year, a lot of them did not come out this year. But... For when I think about the new ones, there was, you know, there's definitely highlights like The Old Guard and like, you know, The Five Bloods and Bad Boys for Life and like, you know, all of these movies, like, you know, those yeah, movies like that. Uh, yeah, Bad Boys for Life came out at the top of this year. It's very hard to believe. Jesus. And in addition to those, the movie I want to highlight, my favorite new movie from this year is the last movie I saw in theaters before it shut down. It was really like the last one I was able to see in the the photograph with Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. Yes, with my friends. (laughs) And I think I want to shout out that movie because it literally, and I get it, I get it, guys, I get it. It's not like, I'm not looking for Oscars, but what I'm saying here is is that (laughs) I have been asking for just a black love, a modern black love romance film. For I just like where there was no like nothing crazy like that they don't die at the end where there's not all these scary monsters chasing them like I just you know like I just wanted a core romance focus like millennial love story between two black people just simple and I think that the photograph really gave me those Love Jones brown sugar vibes where it was just like ah yes a movie about a guy and a girl and how they're getting together and just giving me that kind of romance and the fact that the guy looks like Lakeith Stanfield was helpful you know what I mean like I just was happy for that dose of romance and I've actually re-watched that movie a lot this year I think I just especially as a single person <laughs> this quarantine I didn't get a lot of romance I didn't get a lot of dates because it wasn't safe you know you, and all of those things so I think to just get to watch two people flirt and go on dates and have that banter and like oh look at how he's looking at her and what's Ethan gonna do how you gonna access do it for those of us who can't like that's how I really felt watching feel watching that movie it was very sweet and I enjoyed that I love the romance you know I'm always here for the romance but I love the soundtrack so no yeah the that. soundtrack was bomb the, um, the, the, the score is great check it out if you can so that was my favorite movie this year and i'm saying that as saying that there wasn't many new ones but that was the one i enjoyed the most what was yours it just happened i don't care you know if it just released i don't care i know it's my favorite (laughs) um simply because i've been i've been obsessed with this play for a minute um so it's my rainy's black bottom on netflix Mm, great choice excellent excellent choice I fell in love with August Wilson's mind and pen in like high school when you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to be the next Ruby D. Okay, you could not tell me (laughs) anything. But the layers of these actors, um, the layers of these characters and the way that he's been able to expose them without it being so obvious Mm. is true storytelling. It is insane um and the fact that this movie did everything for me it it, i'm gonna watch it again actually like probably tonight i'm gonna talk shannon into watching it again but (laughs) the actors came to act you know the director came to direct shout out to george c wolf chadwick was incredible 
a master class in acting and is what you know, Chadwick left us. It's serious, like everything. Like it was, it was mind blowing to see everybody really hold their own, and that's what I tr- like. The talent is what mm-hmm. I'm here for. Yeah, you know Coleman Domingo, who is one of my favorite people ever. We love. I love do you remember so, when? We, remember? I was just about to do you ask remember you when we remember? were at the Apollo for the daggone, um What's the movie called? Bill Street, nigga. The Bill, Bill Street. Street premiere. And me and Scotty were at the Apollo watching the premiere. And we literally we was were balling our eyes out. We was in love with Domingo, though. And Coleman Domingo was like the we father. Was he, we were like, can you be my father as well? Like my Please. daddy? Or, well, <laughs> like, or the daddy. You know what I mean? But let me stop playing with Coleman. But no, Coleman is a great person. He's great. Like I got the, I've had the opportunity to interview Coleman a few times, and he's just so talented. He's so humble about his stuff. But like he kills every role. Literally between Bill Street, even in the past couple years, there was Bill Street. Cause like we said, that scene with him and Kiki Lane in the kitchen where he played, like where he held her. I will never forget that scene. I that's when we were bawling our eyes out in the Apollo, like people could cry. We were like this is embarrassing. People are watching us, Coleman. Please, <laughs> like from that to his, you know, this latest oh, Euphoria episode, him and Zendaya absolutely bodied. To now mm-hmm. be um, Ma Rainey, like I am so glad to see Coleman getting his flowers because they are due, and he came in like we said we would. It's almost like the people at Ma Rainey were like. Favorite actors go, and that's the cast. Like Just literally, go. <laughs> and 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 give Viola her things. The queen of queens. When I looked at her, I did not see Viola. I saw my Rainey, and that's all. You know, as big of a star she is, a big as you know, big as an yeah. actress she is. She's still able. It's to hard disappear. sometimes to separate, but there she stood inside of my Rainey, and I loved it. And as somebody who loved that play like fences yeah (laughs) i was a i was a fences fan but um i did the monologue for rose about a thousand trillion times in order to i love that we're finding out that you have this theater background uh you better be doing monologues no yeah i was (laughs) in my in order to get a scholarship i did the monologue of rose um so yeah that and I got it. I got the scholarship. Of course, guys. Come on. <laughs> come but on, guys. it was. Um, but Viola stood in Ma Rainey's feet, like you said. She right. did that role. And she did that. And and I was just like, I need them Oscars. I need all of them. I need Viola to collect. I need the whole movie to collect. Don't Give play Chadwick with his me. Things he, gave, he left us a gift. He I don't care. He, he left us. I he left us right a whole now. Flat, like Chadwick Boseman, like. That was obviously and easily like one of the most shocking deaths. You know what's crazy that twenty like twenty twenty is such a crazy year where that's still not I can't even say it was the most shocking death, but it was mm-hmm. such a loss to the culture, to Hollywood and mm-hmm. to all of us and the community and the fact that we still had this performance in the can that he we were able to be blessed with after he passed really is so meaningful. It was beyond me. I loved it so much. I loved it. Movies and TV definitely held us down this year, Sylvia. But you know what really held me down? What always holds me down? Music. Mm. And this year was the year of <laughs> black women holding us all the way the fuck down. You hear me? You absolutely Music was correct. There. 
You ain't never lie. You ain't told one lie on this podcast, and this is another. Hello, just in tune. I don't with think that. I listened to one. Ni- I, I don't think I listened to one black man in music this year. <laughs> we didn't have. I can't to. tell you. Like you had enough. There was enough where we <laughs> did not. Thirty years. Have to. If you if you wanted right. to take a year of if you wanted to take a year <laughs> off listening to men, this was the year, baby. Because the R and B girl said, "What do we black women do in the toughest of times? We rise. We rise up." And we are going to put these albums out. We are going to put these things out regardless of what pandemic. No tour, no problem. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Yo, I, R&B, I'm glad that you said R&B. R&B was in their bag, especially. Like, I couldn't believe I was listening to that much R&B, Sylvia. And I, the fact that it was all, like, and the fact that I was listening to that much new R&B, because we always, like, I'm oh like, gosh. that's the thing. I'm like, I listen to R&B all the time, but the fact that a lot of the most, the albums that I played the most this year where I looked at, like, my Spotify rap and stuff, I'm like, yo, new R&B really came through. And I was I, on your neck, was on our neck and would not let the fuck up. Yes. And we're going to name some of our favorite albums, but I do want to say at the top, like, I had the honor of interviewing Kalani this at the top of the quarantine um about her new album because it is her most successful album to date and her record she speaks openly about how the record label did not want her to put it out they did not want them to release new music they were like we don't know how to promote it right now like everything shut down you won't be able to tour on it like we don't know if it's gonna do well if it's gonna fall or whatever and getting that context from her because I know if she went through it all the other black women who released music this year had to go through that as well Mm -hmm. and the fact that they did it anyway they took that risk and it Mm -hmm. paid off immensely because we needed it and I'm glad they knew I needed it because like when Kalani um, and Janae especially because those were two of the first albums to drop like in April May of this year I was very I was very much like thank you for this new music because I need it like I literally am in the house with nothing to do nothing new to feed me give me these new songs and experiences give me something new to fall in love with because the only thing Mm -hmm. I fell in love with this year was music nobody else (laughs) Lord but what I will say is that I'm glad that this is now the year of when black women know their worth at these labels. They know mm. that they don't have to listen to these labels, that they know what their audience wants. You know what I'm saying? And start listening to the artists that they are. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I hope the like, labels listen to them. I'm sure they won't, but like that is so key. I enjoyed R&B. I enjoyed watching these black women celebrate and help other women realize their worth because that's what a lot of these albums did. You know, Leanne Le Havis, I know. Oh, talk about talk talk about Leanne. She knew to name this album after her because who else? What else am I gonna call it? I gave you guys Lindsay. all of me in this album. I had no idea. <laughs> I I I <laughs> I'm sure people. Somebody hit me on the side the other day and said. Are you getting paid for this much promotion about having? <laughs> I said no. That's how much I believe in this. This that album, especially during a time like right now where we feel like nobody understands. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Everybody has their own issues. Leanne literally said in my ear, "Bitch, we all got our issues, but I'm here with you. I feel you." I, I feel this too. And that's all I needed. That's all I needed at that time. You know, it possibly was the most listened to album of the year for me. 
It's mm-hmm. the only album that I listen to back and front, like front to back, back to front. I'll listen to one song over and over again. And that's when I realized what kind of R&B I liked. Mm-hmm. That's when I, I was sitting there, I was listening and I said, this is the type of shit that I really like about R&B. Me and R&B, you know, we go through ups and downs. I, I'm not really, <laughs> but that right that's there baby solidified. Yeah, that was it for me. What was your album of the year? My favorite album of the year is also R&B, but that's no surprise because we I know mean, Sylvia loves her R&B. But Janae Aiko. <laughs> Janae Aiko is, I've been a fan of Janae's for a while, but her album, Chilmondo, this year, it was one of the first to drop. Like, I remember it was like Kalani's and then Janae. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, people are still releasing albums, thank God. But like, Janae gave us, like, this was without a doubt her strongest album. Like, the whole thing is just therapy. I, I'm a vibey person. Like, I like chill, vibey R&B a lot. But I also love lyrics that feel like they're gems and meaningful. As a writer, I feel like lyrics mean a lot to me. And Janae... I think that's why I love Janae. Her pen, like, and how she talks about feelings and experiences, like, I really it resonates with me in that kind in that way because it does feel like she's writing from her journal, and I'm like in her journal and I'm hearing her thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I also love that with this album, she included sound therapy and was very purposeful about um, integrating that into her music because I feel like, especially this year, it was so stressful and my anxiety was so crazy. It helped that my favorite like my favorite album literally was like meditate like I could meditate to it I could get a bath and just lay there and it just soothed me like it soothed me mm. like Janae's mm. album felt like I poured shea butter on like my anxiety every time I listened to it mm. I'm just happy that they're getting at least from their fans and from the people who it matters the the um confirmation that they did not release these albums in vain so those were our favorite two Real quick, I want to just shout. I, I don't want to go into it deeply, but I do want to shout out Chloe and Hallie and Tiana Taylor. Oh yeah, for also Chloe giving just, and I Hallie. I just want to name the other like just Miss that's it. Mamas. Like I just want to say those little girls. They're giving Gen Z Miss what they Mamas. need. Gen Z's. They're giving they, that 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 tennis court got put to a lot of work this year, and they gave us the visuals. They gave us the tracks. They gave us the live performances. Baby girls did what they had to do, and I just have to great shout that out album. Real quick. Amazing album. Okay. Now Amazing to the album. to the to the women in hip hop because like you said, pussy talk rap, it was the year. It was quite the year for pussy talk rap. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I just want to extend my shout out to first of all, Megan the Stallion. That girl worked throughout quarantine. That girl she created content no throughout quarantine, rele- released songs that made time stand still throughout quarantine, especially with whom we love very much, Beyonce, uh, the Savage that Remix. Savage Remix, the highlight. I mean, that, was, that was when this podcast shot dropped. Literally, remember we went back in to record the intro? Yes, we, said, we went oh, back hell no. it It felt like a personal no welcome. It felt like a premiere gift, honestly, the Savage Remix. <laughs> <laughs> it was their gift to us. <laughs> Just watching black women in hip hop work the way that I knew they would. You know, like I hate, and I wasn't about to argue with anybody about any albums of the year or artists of the year. I'm not going back with anybody, back and forth with anyone because it's evident and it's clear. And the fact that you won't put any women, B dot, 
I was like, we're speaking to you, list. Brian. I'm going to say your Shout government name. <laughs> any, any black woman on your list is telling, but I will let it rock. I, I'm not about to go back and forth with you because those girls had a year. Everybody, shout out to Flo Millie, shout out to right. Tierra Whack, shout out to Chica, right. shout out mm. to Megan Thee Stallion, uh, shout out to Mulatto, uh, shout out to all them girls that are out there doing it. Asian Doll, ooh, City Girls, City Girls came out swinging. Swinging. JT, been knocking came niggas the, out. Came out the prison gate. What do you want from me? I'm ready. I'm hungry, okay? I'm ready. So they did what they needed girls, to do. The girls are working. They talk their so, shit. And I'm thankful for the seminars because, baby, and also just shout out to Sweetie for being cute. Like, you oh my God. look great. Sweetie. You gave us great visuals this year. Visual, but you gave us content, my girl. You make me content. want to watch you. Like, and that's important as well. She's right up there with Cardi for me when it comes mm. to content. She's really good. She's she's entertaining. She has the bops. Y'all won't y'all won't okay because y'all be coming. I don't like that. She, but the girl got the bop. She be bopping. One of my favorites. I listen to tap in a lot this year. Okay, tap 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 in. All right, she's catchy. She's a catchy girl, and that's fine. I think it's, it works. <laughs> it, and that's it works fine. for her. And obviously, WAP. We did a whole episode on that. Go back and listen to it we if you want it. our full breakdown. But it was a great year for black women in hip hop. And we, for one, are thankful to all of you for doing it despite all the tax, the toxic masculinity that tried to break you every step of the way, especially Megan. The fact that you gave us this level of excellence while these niggas, you were literally like like on your back. Like they're probably at your heels. Just on oh down. You twerked God. your way anyway. Your knees were stronger than their toxic masculinity at the end mm. of the day. And I, for one, am thankful and I will never stop rooting you on. All right. So the last thing I think we should talk about are some of our favorite cultural moments and personal moments that really brought us joy this year. So these are things that don't fit into like a movie TV or like worst category. It's just really like random cultural Internet shit. I want to start out with the Blackest King release, a.k.a. The reason why I have blonde braids and I'm never looking back. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. That goes down to my behind is because oh I saw Beyonce gosh. hit me with all them braid looks and I said, wow. How dare I not try blonde braids in my life? But also, I love the gift. I know you love the gift. Like for me, the gift album. I, as a Kenyan American, it. I really enjoyed hearing Afro beats and African artists and rappers get that kind of shine in such like a mm-hmm. very modern way. And I loved. I loved watching this visual representation that went into it. I loved seeing those artists in it in addition to Beyonce. I love that she went to the continent to shoot this, a lot of these videos. And it was a visual feast, a visual masterpiece. And I still haven't honestly ever recovered. I probably never will. I only know how Giselle has the audacity to continue to give us... <laughs> a better visual than for every single time. Like I, I don't have many edges left. I don't have much money left. I just <laughs> don't know where she really gets the nerve to do this. Like you have three kids, ma'am. Like you have a husband, like where do you even find the time to think about killing my, to snatching my edges? How does that even, how do you yeah. even have time for that? I don't, I fully don't understand, but black is king. The work ethic on that woman is unmatched. It's something that honestly, I, I'm still trying to find 
or understand how she did it while doing so many other things. <laughs> it's just funny because you, if you could see Scotty, like she literally was looking up as if she was trying to figure it I out. I really like, was thinking, trying to put the years like, together when she was talking about while she was working on one thing, she was working on the next. And these two things are huge. How are you doing that? And how are you not having anxiety attacks along the way every time, every step? <laughs> it's like Beyonce's it's like, I oh, Beyonce, oh, the world shut down this year. I had prepared for that. Let me open the vault. Pull out Black is King. Pull out Beep. Ivy Park Drip 2.2. Like, let's just do, let's just get, kill, let's get the girls while I stay in my mansion. It's fine. Like, and take care of my babies, my 511 children. It was great. Oh, it was so beautiful. I can't wait to watch that with my daughter one day. If I, if the world ever lets me have one, we'll see the other thing i would love to mention is zendaya's win for her her emmy win in euphoria because that was such a huge moment but it also coincides like conjuncted with like a huge moment for the both of us because i got to interview her as a result which was wild so i've done cover stories but i've never done like a print cover story on newsstands for Essence, and it was Zendaya, and it was a huge moment for me in 2020, a huge goal on my bucket list of things I want to get done. I'm so thankful, and you want to talk about God and all those things, like, the fact that I never imagined that a dream, like, that big dream would happen in a year like this. Like, and mm-hmm. the fact that I was, like, it was able to happen in a year like 2020 just means so much to me, and I'm so thankful for it. I love knowing that Zendaya is just like us. Like, she was, like, literally, she was, like, I felt weird celebrating my Emmy for too long because there's so many bad things happening. And it's like, oh, my God, celebrities, they're just like us. Because it was, like, me and you <laughs> deal with that all the time. And I love, you know, and she even brought up the fact that the Breonna Taylor verdict was literally the same week as her winning the Emmy. And -hmm. it's like all of these are things are, these are, this is the juxtaposition of being a black woman in America. I think that is very telling on how great of a journalist you are, Sylvia, because (laughs) you were able to give us light like that, you know, to make me see her like me. And, you know, you make the joke like, oh, celebrities are just like that. And they are just like us. But sometimes we let that light shine so bright that we can't see ourselves inside of it, too. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. for you to ask the questions that need to be asked, for you to get the quotes that need to be said, because, you know, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of quotes floating around because Sylvia decided to ask the questions that were necessary, that were essential and intentional. So I loved it. I was so proud of you. I just knew that it was going to do really well. But yeah, it's on stands now if anybody wants to buy it. It's on stands. (laughs) It's on stands. And I'm pretty sure it's like the number one Essence uh, cover. Um, I feel like we cannot talk about our favorite moments of joy without talking about Billboard Beam. Tell the people what you did. Tell the people what happened. I was on a billboard this year. It was this year. Yes, I was on a billboard this year. Let me tell you something. It has been a very long year. But yes, um, I was on the Nike Black History Month campaign, which means... Mm -hmm. uh, I was on a billboard on 34th Street, and also I was on a billboard across the street from Staples Center in LA. Which I can literally now have been been able to see from my, I would have been able to see that from my apartment now. I'm so mad. I'm like, put it back up so I can see it. would have. (laughs) But um, it was one of my dreams. I've always wanted to be on a billboard. I, I always say, I always try to manifest things 
with like either tweeting them, writing them, or whatever it is, and then doing the work to get them. But I have no idea that it's happening so close. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I've always wanted to be on a billboard, but I never thought that girls like me can be on a billboard. So it was, it blew my mind. I was really messed up. I, I mean, messed up in a good way, but it was to have that moment for the rest of my life and then to watch my mom be so proud. I think most of the things that I do mm. is because of my mom. Most of the work that I put in is because I want my mom to be able to celebrate it and be happy, you know, with what she's raised and spent so much time raising. Jesus, she's still raising me. <laughs> mm -mm. Well, she is very proud of you. I, I, I don't, I know she is. She is. And so it was beautiful to see, you know, I... I was just really good. And then um, the other one, I think, was me being the title of a song that people love so very much. Um, it's called Scotty Beam, and it's by <laughs> Freddie Gibbs. Oh, um, wait, what's that you said? I'm so sorry. You mean the fact that um, people's favorite hip-hop album of the year, Freddie, that Freddie Gibbs named yeah, the song about Freddie you, Gibbs. this Scotty Beam, and it ended yes. up on... Who's, whose favorite song list of the year was that again? Jay-Z. Jay-Z oh, made a, a one Sean Carter. his favorite little Sean. songs. And I was so. like, hey, so Beyonce knows me somehow. <laughs> there is something that somehow my sister Well, she has your Scotty address, Bean. so there was no surprise about that. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, obviously. But <laughs> I'm, not I do think sometimes, <laughs> you know, does she know me, know me? And that was it for me. I said, wow, sis knows me. But yeah, that was really cool. And to see that his album is Grammy nominated, it's amazing. you know, I feel like I deserve part. If he wins, <laughs> I'm getting a something. Y'all better chip off the, the some muse. of that Grammy something. I want a piece of something, nigga. A piece of the envelope, the fold, something. I want something. But Love yeah, it. I um, it's a great Love song. I'm very blessed. And yeah, that was really cool. That was really cool. Okay, so those were obviously our biggest moments personally this year, aside from this podcast, which we told y'all last episode, why and how, and all the reasons why it means so much to us. We are going to try to get through the rest of this list <laughs> a little bit faster. So let's let's just name what are let's just name the things. What are some of the things, Scotty, that you also like? What are the other moments, the blackest moments of this year that you enjoyed? Uh, that we have a black woman as a vice president, so that's pretty big. Shout out to Kamala. Uh, Harris, uh, that's yes, really huge. Learn uh, to say her name. The nice white people. club quarantine. Okay, club quarantine. That was that was a moment through. Yes, we were dancing for hours because of D Nice. Shout out to D Nice. Uh, shout out to not the bang, the bang, <laughs> not the, the bang. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like, I want, what is Sis's name? I want to say we her need name. to figure it out, please. And please yes. put that video in the Black Smithsonian too. Me please. and Scotty are in the group chat that I literally changed the name to what not the Bayang because we, that <laughs> video Bayang. made us discover that every black girl had a bang era. I don't know what what the years that was that we all had bangs, yeah. but they were there and we all did it and they were crazy. Um, another thing that brought me a lot of motherfucking joy. <laughs> this year the real housewives of potomac specifically the reunion it's very much the current joy in my heart mm -hmm. monique samuels team new jersey we stand here with you we are very much i i know i can speak for scotty beam when i say we are very much team thou shall not buck 
if thou cannot knock. It is quite simple to me. <laughs> so, that's all I'm saying. That's, that's all it. we say. That's all we need to say. I never realized how much I did not like Robin until this year. And truly, <laughs> I felt better because Scotty's of it. Scotty's personal um, vendetta against Robin Dixon. <laughs> it's almost bullying at this point, I swear. <laughs> it's like one more, just a few more tweets. And they're going to report your account because... Robin did not do nothing. But that's the problem. She don't do nothing. But that's the problem. I hate it. What are you doing? I just want y'all to know Sky's account ever goes black is because she keeps adding these women. Like like she's like two seconds. You added Candace and I feel like by part three, you're gonna be turning your location on in them tweets. And I'm gonna be like, Scotty, this is exactly what got Monique in trouble. Please stop. I had to, but I deleted it because I said, "I'm, you know, that, you know, that little girl. I love my people and I'm so grateful for all these moments of joy that we got to witness and experience together. I enjoyed laughing with my friends, being able to, you know, thank God we had group chat and shit like that because (laughs) we were able to laugh with each other um, through this, this time. But, you know. I'm just super grateful to have you guys, to have you, Sylvia. I love you. I know I say it all the time, but I do want you to know that you are so loved. So yes, this was great. This is a great recap. All right, we're at the end of our show. And usually we'd be putting y'all on to something, but in the spirit of entering a new year, I thought we'd talk about what we might be bringing in or leaving behind. So in one sentence too, Sylvia, we're trying to keep this short, sis. Y'all so, know we are some long-winded bitches. Y'all have girl. learned that about us. <laughs> so but yes, we're gonna keep it to a sentence. A sentence. And for me, it would be, I want to bring the energy of making white people even more uncomfortable in the new year. Mm. That's it. I love that. I love that. And for 2021, I want to bring something similar to what Zendaya talked about in essence when I asked her this question, which is that my hope for black women is that we leave the fear behind in 2020. Because if everything is already scary, why should we keep being afraid? Boom. (laughs) That's my sentence. That's it. Well, all right. That's our show, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes. Our show is a production of Pineapple Street Studios in partnership with Netflix and Strong Black Lead. Shout out to our team. Executive producers are Agarinesh Ashagre and Danielle Cadet. Our lead producer is Jess Jupiter. Our music is by Amanda Jones. Special thanks to Max Linsky and Jenna Weisberman. Make sure you share your thoughts with us on the episode using the hashtag OKNowListen. Follow Strong Black Lead on the socials at Strong Black Lead. And follow us too. I'm at Sylvia Obell. And I'm at Scotty Bean. Until next time, folks, stay blessed. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And Merry Christmas to all who celebrate. Merry Christmas, guys. Happy holidays. That's what they say, right? Happy holidays. That's how we're ending it. End it right there. Mm-hmm.